ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the pursuit of happiness, but it's a little different because it's the end of the year. So it's the pursuit of happiness beer awards. That's right, we've all got together and we're all talking about best beer of the year, weirdest beer of the year, favourite beer of the year, and everything in between. Whether you're watching, which I advise you to do because it's uh, it's an opportunity to see some of the beers that we're talking about, or just listening along, please do consider subscribing. It's a big help to us and it does mean a lot. Anyway, grab yourselves a beer because this is a... Oh, it's a bumper episode, and let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast, The Pursuit of Hoppiness. Recording in progress. Cheers to the beers and all that. There we go. This may or may not give some of you, YouTube watchers at least, an idea of what sort of podcast this might be. So to introduce Knitting Cast, here's Matthew Moore. A crochet edition. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you haven't realised yet, you know, through the beverages being sucked in front of you, it is... The return of the pursuit of happiness, the the world's foremost sporadic podcast about beer. Who knows when they'll turn up? They'll pop up in your feeds, just you know when you were least expecting it. And maybe next year they'll be a little bit more regular on the kind of you know scheduling, but probably not to be honest. But we'll see how we do. Um, <laughs> but what we thought we'd do is because it's that time of year, we thought we'd kind of don our our best uh, suit and. Uh, put on our best, yeah, dig out our dicky bow or our, our tie or something like that, and kind of have a a reward, a, a rewards, an, an award ceremony, um, and and then we then we forgot to put our suits on and everything, so we're just going to do it in our t-shirt. Um, all right, just want to kind of guide us through the, these murky, murky waters of beer, of beer and non-alcohol beer and all everything kind of in between is uh, the the Lord of Darkness, uh, Mister Stuart Woodmansey. <clears throat> and Mr. Paul Williams, everything Cheers. that he is for your uh, lemonade based beverages. Um, and for everything that is alcohol free, Mr. Andy Cook. Cheers to you, sirs. Cheers. So we thought we'd, well, I thought, we thought, I decided we'd try and keep it as kind of normal as possible to start with. Uh, so we do our beers of the month, much to kind of some people's. Disappointment, but well, yeah, we need to do these things to give people shout out because you can't sometimes you can't be the best, but you can be the best for a short amount of time, and that sometimes is all that counts. Um, so gentlemen, your beers of the month, please. Well, seeing as he has just called me the Lord of Darkness, why don't I kick it off with a dark beer? Shock. Um, mine was something that I got in my Brew York subscription box. Uh, it was a collaboration beer between S43 Brewery and Brew York, and it was Pumpkin Pumpkin Imperial, which, properly for the time it was uh, received, 
a pumpkin spiced imperial uh, sorry imperial pumpkin spice latte stout so as you can imagine tasted like coffee with the old pumpkin spice in and it was a good kick at nine and a half percent and it went down way too easily it was really really smooth um just yeah one of them ones where i think mm, could be a bit weird but they absolutely nailed the mo with it really 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 nice beer Possibly the entirety of our podcasting existence, I have two, two suggestions for beer of the month, and it is simply because they were too good to split for me. So the first one was one that I had out and about in town in the local Brewdog which was Tony's Hopper Lonely. It is a milkshake IPA clocking in at 6.3%, and it is delicious. If you've ever tried any of the Tony's chocolate... Oh, Stu's got something to say already. I take issue with that beer, um, and obviously the company in question, on the basis of I have had that beer... Um, as I believe Mr. Moore may have had that beer, um, as I believe you may have had that beer before, because it was it was part of Brewdog's opening gambit at getting people on board with their, their very niche subscription box. And that beer was brewed specifically for the box, only for the box, never going to be seen again. You must have to buy this box to get this beer. Yeah, so you can now buy that beer in cans in the supermarket. Ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, I hear you. Still a damn fine beer. Maybe it's better on tap, maybe. I don't know. I've not drank it yet. It was was a very nice beer in the can, soured somewhat by their uh, practices afterwards, which is a little bit like a lot of the other uh, Brewdog beers that uh, have been produced at the time. Yeah, I can't really argue with that, but for me, it was one that I had whilst I was out in town. It was a very nice... It's lovely and had a lovely sort of sweet edge to it. Um, obviously, with all the lactose that they pumped into it to make it the milkshake IPA. But yeah, thoroughly recommend. If you can find it somewhere, go for it. Obviously, as you said, should be available in, I believe, Tesco, maybe. But yeah, if you can get your hand on it, give it a try. It's very good. The second option um, was a beer that I believe. Uh, Stew may have purchased for the group. It is a Turning Point Brew Company beer. It was one of a three set, and it is the Pink Matter Custard Raspberry Dessert Pale. Now, this one I've had for quite a while, and I just, I'll, I'll be honest, it had managed to make its way into the stash that I had completely forgotten about. And when I came across it one day, I was like, well, hello. So obviously got it in the fridge, got it nice and chilled, took it round to um, someone's house when I knew we were going there for the evening, cracked it open, and it was that good that I, uh, I basically had to share it around as I wanted everyone to taste how nice it was. Another one of those ones that was just bang up with the sort of the 
it was just the right sort of consistency, thickness-wise. It had lovely sort of sweetness to it, but it still it wasn't as if you were just drinking juice or something. Like that. It, it still tasted like a beer, um, and just a really, really excellent one for me. So it'd be between those two. If I had to sort of just say the one, I would say the Pink Mar Custard first. That would be my uh, my one of the two. Um, but those would be mine. Excellent. Yes, I had, the, I had the pink one a couple of weeks ago, and it is absolutely fantastic. Andy? So, um, I, I have, I have uh, a visual presentation which for any audio listeners I'll try and uh, try and work through. Uh, this goes back a little while but I'll explain. Uh, as these gentlemen here know um, the uh, the NFL podcast stats mistress uh, suffered a season ending injury um, and uh, left all left left all of the uh, jobs to uh, to me um, but she did appreciate all of my hard work in making sure that, you know, most people in the house didn't die. Um, and one day there was a knock at the door, and I opened the door to uh, to this, which, uh, for, you, uh, for you audio listeners, is the Big Drop Brewing Co. The Big Explorer Pack. Um, inside the box was three... Of these, which again for you audio listeners is three boxes and each box has eight non-alcoholic beers in. All different, all uh, big drop. And again, for you YouTube watchers, they all look something like this. Um, a, a wide range, even a couple of larges in there for stew. Um, now then, tucked away over here is this guy, the Big Drop Galactic Milk Stout. And, uh, this is a beer that the first time I ever had it, I thought it was horrible. I don't know if I got a bad one, I don't know if it's something that, from where I drank it originally, to the ones I've drank more recently there's been a change in the recipe or something but every time I drink it more recently I like it more and more each time maybe my my palate is is changing but over the last what is a uh, few weeks going into months I've been working through those boxes and uh, a beer I think it's because originally I didn't like it but has now become Kind of a, a standout beer for me. Uh, that is my beer of the month. Excellent. Right, then. My, my, I've gone. I'm, I'm down the uh, Paul route of things. I've had two beers that. Well, I've had one beer that has been kind of there all month. I've been like, oh, it's a proper good beer. It's the 84 Golden Grill Wonderland Special. I mean, that's a special one for James Williams as well as a name. Uh, which was a sour ale. Um, it was just kind of right up, right up my street kind of thing. So it like, um, so it like pineapple, marsh, uh, pineapple, marshmallow, guava kind of flavors, flavors to it, but kind of thick instead of the kind of thin kind of thing that a sour can be. And really, really good. 
I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my beer of the month, that's my beer of the month, that's my beer of the month. It's the Dig Brewing Company in, uh, in, in Birmingham. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely, definitely my beer of the month. And then on Saturday, I had Neon Raptors Use It or Lose It, which is a pineapple and lime fruited sour IPA. And it's just like one of them ones like you know we laugh about it all the time I never I very rarely have more than one of a beer in the fridge at any one time it's very much I have one of one one of that one and that's it and we don't have any more than that and then you drink a beer and you immediately regret it not having more than one of said beer um, it just it just drank really really well and went down really really quickly and uh, yeah it's just absolutely smashed it out of the park in terms of doing exactly what it says on the tin it tasted you could taste the pineapple you could taste the lime but also it had that IPA kind of mouthfeel that IPA and kind of finish to it so it wasn't too harsh on the on the kind of because you think pineapple and lime could be really kind of sharp finish but it kind of mellowed it out nicely just to kind of finish it off so yeah I think Neon Raptor kind of just came through right at the end dipped for the line and took the beer of the month from Dig Brewing Company right at the right at the last gas right there so yeah so yeah thank you thank you for all those gents right so let's get on with our end of year awards um, I think we'll save brewery and beer of the year as the last two um ones that we cover so we'll do brewery of the year beer of the year and alcohol free beer of the year last in the kind of in in some kind of order like that um so let's start with the shop beer of the year so these are beers that you can find in your local supermarché as it were and you don't have to travel over the channel to go and get them because they'd probably be in your tesco's or Morrison's, or Sainsbury's, probably not Asda, talked about how Asda suck, um, and, uh, and you know, we can uh, we can kind of go, go from there, so uh, we'll go for the alcohol variety to start with, um, alcoholic shop beer of the year please, Paul lost you. Okay, well, in the vein of, of you two, as has just been, I couldn't split it between two. So, uh, very briefly, uh, can cannot cannot get past this section without mentioning the lemon meringue ice cream sorbet, um, the, the Buxton and Omnipolo beer that was in Tesco's briefly. Um, it was £5 a can when it first came out, and... Then it went down to three pounds for a while, and I got far too excited about that. Um, just, I mean, I imagine this has got to be fairly up Paul's list as well, on the basis that it's like a, a like a lemon flavored beer, so it's, it it ticks the lemonade box for Paul. But it was Maybe a little bit too high. Yeah, it was a little bit stronger than he's used to. So, um, so that was one of mine. And as soon as I read the categories that we were going to be discussing, when the the, the shop beer of the year came out um, as one of them. The Northern Monk Faith in Futures beer was one that um, immediately was on the list. Um, in collaboration with Inza, um, loved all of the Inza series when they did that with their non-shop beers, I guess, if that's how we're going to describe that. Um, 
was a bit worried that they were going to uh, ruin that series by uh, giving it a bit of a bad send-off, but absolutely not. Um, and as of uh, probably about a month ago, I think that one, because the, the proceeds for that one they put back into local charities in and around the Leeds area, uh, has become seemingly one of, uh, for the, certainly for the time being, one of Tesco's main lines in, in the craft section. So you can still, despite this being a summary of the entire year, you can still get Faith in Futures by Northern Monk in your local Tesco. So go check that out. Yeah. I agree with the Faith in Futures one. That's, when, I, when I wrote the category down, I immediately filled that bit in. I was like, yeah, Shop of the Year, Faith in Futures. Uh, now I'm done. Uh, <laughs> on, on, a, on a similar sort of vein I did have just Faith by Northern Monk in this slot and then I had a last minute change of heart and remembered that at Morrison's sometimes and more often than not in Sainsbury's certainly in York you can pick up certain brew York beers uh, and I have I have given this particular one to Juice Forsyth by Brew York, which I believe is their Juicy Bonus Fruited something or other. I'll have to I'll have to look what it is because uh, I've literally I've literally only just made the uh, the change literally last minute. Um, I'm already looking forward to the YouTube subtitles for Paul's first opening gambit there. Um, but the <laughs> I have a can of that in the fridge. It, it's their. Uh, it was one of what they class as their core range that came in my subs box this month. Yeah, so it's classed as a. It's, it's classed as an IPA, but it's a juicy bonus fruited IPA, and it is fabulous. It is it is a very very nice beer. If we're ever in Brew York, and I think I, I think that the on the on the old podcast bingo, my my most said phrase is probably a good reset beer and I'd put that up there as one of those for me because it's one of the ones that's got the little sweetness to it but it's still a beer um, and obviously just you know almost almost like a sorbet if you will you know just sort of you know, cleanse the old palate get you back, get you back to a nice base and stuff like that and uh, yeah so that's that's always going to be a a, uh, a constant favourite of mine personally so that was the uh, that would be what I would give my award to for this year. This, we're going to say season, but year. Yeah, I think that's, that's, like I said, I've, I've gone Faith and Futures with the Northern Monk. It's a little shout out. At the Books de Lupus X, I think, is the the, the one that they do um, in, in Tesco. I've seen that one was really, really good. Um, yeah, that, that, was one. that was, yeah, absolute spot on. Right then, shot. Sure. Alcohol-free beer of the year. We're gonna look daft here, um, and Andy's gonna teach us some things. Right. Uh, shall we lead off with that? We'll lead off with Andy, or shall we lead off with Ronan uh, Paul? We'll lead off with you. It's not that. Well, obviously, I will give mine, but I wanted to sort of make an educated guess at this point that three of the four, if not four of the four, might be the same for this particular one. Um, obviously listeners to the podcast at this point may not be surprised to hear that I personally have gone for the 0.3% Beaver Town Laser Crush so I was going to say when you were like podcast bingo I was like you want to hear podcast bingo this is the point in the podcast where 
this big expansion because I didn't I didn't hesitate on this one to to say and, I, and I'm going to keep going back and I'm going to keep going back to this one for me the list just it was just this it was just oh no but I could, I've got to put that bit well can I put that bit there and then have that one because basically other than like a couple of categories that like you know one of those categories got filled in this weekend sort of thing because I'm like that has got to be on the list some of the beers it's like I imagine you guys could have written my list but where they would have featured um but yeah, shot the the fact that this and I say it every time I say it every every time we do one of these the fact that this is readily available in shops you can walk in and pick it up off the shelf and it is hands down one of the best non-alcoholic beers out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's Laser Crush. This is like the you know it's the it's not the cool thing because it's the big boys and all the rest of it. But I actually went for the alcohol-free Guinness because they they clearly owned up to the fact that they absolutely goosed it the first time around. Um, went away, made it better, and as as a, a an avid fan of the uh, the black stuff, they actually did make it just like. To me, it is very, 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 very similar. I, I'm yet to do the taste test of side by side, but it's um, it, it, it's grand, and I would actually quite happily buy a pack. It, it, I think as, as, a, as a as a you know regularly a, a drinker of heavily IP, uh, heavily ABV beers regularly, I would quite happily take a pack of that to like someone's house or a party or whatever, and and that be my thing. And I, I think that's kind of what stands out for me. It's, it's. Uh, you see, <laughs> I feel like I'm letting the side down on this one because at time of recording, I still haven't had an alcohol-free Guinness. I even charged on that one. <laughs> I even looked today, and I thought I was like, "Oh, there, there's some." And I was like, "No, Guinness have just done something weird to their current box, which makes the top of it blue." And makes it look like the alcohol-free cans. It's like you don't don't be that guy. Come on, Guinness. Uh, but yeah, it's, at this point in time, I'm like, am I ever going to try this stuff? It's been notoriously difficult to find um, in my local area, but I know that it is sort of an, a nationwide thing, and I know that uh, it has been it has been seen out in the wild. So it is out there. It's just seemingly difficult for for, for me to get hold of after. I think I've been through maybe eight of them. <laughs> I think it uh, sells really quick. I think like, you know, I've seen it in. I've not looked at it around for it around here, but at the at the at the Morrison's near to where I work, I've seen it in there twice. And I'll go in and think, ah, I'll buy that. But then like, it is eight o'clock in the morning, so it's gonna look weird if I buy. Even if it is alcohol free, that's gonna look weird if I buy that. I'll go back after work, and then it's not there. I'm like. 
Who's buying all the Guinness? Who's buying the Guinness Guinness alcohol free beers? What's going on with that? Can you someone should walk in there? Yeah, fill my fill my trolley with that. See you later. Right now, next category. I, I we could we could have split these out into subcategories, and as I said at the time, we'd be here till Christmas. So I've gone for a very broad and a very general kind of thing of. The IPA of the year. Now that can be triple IPAs, it can be double IPAs, it can can be double dry hopped IPAs, it can be whatever. Just a standard IPA. It can be an IPA with one kind of, you know, a specific hop. Whatever. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to do, I'm okay with that. But it has to be an Indian pale ale of some variety. Uh, Go stew to start with. Well, you've absolutely thrown me a curveball there because when I saw IPA on the list, my brain just went, "Oh, right, IPA, right, look, 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 look." So I haven't even considered the the dippers and the tippers for this, um, which is unusual, I guess, for me as well. Um, but as IPA, I have the X Parrot Brew York, six point five percent tropical fruit IPA is mine. Um, pretty much fluorescent orange. It's thicker than me and just just is delightful really really good beer um didn't really expect a lot from it when i opened it which i think kind of made it even better um yeah it's just it, it hit all the right notes for me in terms of the mouthfeel um it, it wasn't overly overly fruited so you still got the the, the bitterness of the hops and stuff as well but it, it just Everything was was in perfect balance, so I've gone for the uh, the X Parrot. Excellent. Paul. So mine's a bit of a mine's a bit of a out of left field one. I uh, when I was scrolling back to my Untapped, which I was very lax with this year, uh, not as not as on top of it as some people were. Um, I found a beer that I had completely forgotten that I'd had this year. Tiny Rebel released a, a short run of cocktail-based beers, and one of them was a pina colada, pineapple and coconut double IPA that was 7.2%. And honestly, when I had it at the time, I had to keep checking back to make sure that the can was actually beer, because... It tasted just like a pina colada cocktail would. It was unbelievable. I think at the time I rated it four and a half stars. Or Suns, as my mate was convinced it was on Untapped at one point. Um, but yeah, just they'd, they'd got the they'd got the sort of the mouthfeel absolutely spot on. Creamy finish. Oh, it was superb. Really, really good. Um I don't think they'll be doing them again, so I think that one might might end up just being a one and done, sadly. But if if they have got a few cans kicking about somewhere and you can get your hands on it, do it because it was it was excellent. It was really really good. Sounds good. That sounds really really good. I have obviously not explained my own rules has left me kind of think that to play with to do it as I, as I want and. Um, as these, as these guys know, I am always a sucker for a triple IPA. 
Um, if there's one I can sniff out at any at any point, um, uh, I'll definitely find it. If a while if while them do it, then I'm definitely going to be all over it. And uh, so my IPA of the year is the Wylam Triple IPA for early one in the year, the Tales of Majestic Puck. Um, it was, uh, you know, my, my favourite beer of all time is still Midnight Train to the Biker. I absolutely love that beer. I dream of that beer. I want them to make it again. They won't. The majestic tale, the the tales of majestic puck as as close to uh, midnight train to biker as they've got. It was just, well, yeah, it, it had it had everything that you want. It was it didn't you know it was like what ten percent something like that. It didn't drink like ten percent. It was juicy. It was like you know to quote Paul a bosh around the chops, but in a good way. Uh, but it had that that nice kind of burn, that hoppy burn at the end of it as well, and it was just there. Again, you get to the end of the can, you're like, oh man, should have bought another one of that because that was, I'm going to miss having that beer again. Um, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. Um, I just, it was just a proper, proper triple IPA kind of, yeah. I couldn't, couldn't not, I kind of flicking through my things, I was like, oh, maybe that one, oh, maybe that one. And then, then I came to it, I was like, ah, oh, it's game over. We'll, we'll go, we'll go right there. Um, one of the best breweries in the country when it comes to IPAs and that type of thing. Yeah. Right then. Alcohol-free IPA of the year. So, I looked at, I looked at this and I was like, oh, I'm going to put this down. Done. Done and dusted. And then... Something was like scratching away in the back of my mind and, and it was like you've forgotten a big one. I'm like, I don't think I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. Uh and then I did some uh some invent inventory, opened the fridge, I was like, Oh yeah, I keep saving that beer. Hang on a minute. So my IPA of the year is one of my favourite beers of the year. The Tiny Rebel So Let's Talk collab beer. The Speak Easy non-alcoholic IPA. Um, it, was, it was one of those that um, when I had it originally it was like, oh you know funky can I believe there's something to do with the proceeds go towards mental health charities, I believe. Um, and I was just like, oh, you know, let's give this a try. You know, Tiny Rebel do good non-alcoholic stuff. Great. And I cracked it, and it's super light. Like, when you when you pour it, um, it's really, like, almost um, heading towards clear and stuff. Not going to lie, didn't expect massive amounts from it i was just like let's give this a try and it is one that sits way up at the top of my uh reorder list because they they seem to be available quite a lot to order um and it's always up there and it's always a beer that i order more than one so i'm always like 
you know there's always that that list of the heavy hitters it's like two of you two of you two of you and that is always up there as a as a two of you uh before i even get into the uh, i'll just get one of you or the oh that's new i'll try that uh but it's always up there it's always up at the top of the list Definitely have one of those in the fridge that punch bracket. Uh, any other lads? Any, any other films, Joe or Paul? Or you? I went with uh, Transcendence, the Mash Gang. So, I, I again, the, any beer that we've we've had from Mash Gang has been an experiment, shall we say? And I, I dare say that the, the gents that make the stuff would probably <laughs> uh, hopefully take that in, as the compliment that in which it's meant. Um, didn't know what to expect when I had it. Had a nice haze to it. And yeah, just just good, good, solid IPA. Couldn't fault it. It stacks up against like what you, you know the regular IPA style. So I... I, I as soon as I saw the alcohol-free IPA, I was a little bit torn um, with the ah oh man, is it is it Pine Trails the big the big drop one? Because um, I did enjoy that one as well, um, but it's yeah, Transcendence took that for me. Transcendence for me as well. I went with that one. It, you know, I think we discussed it on the Mash Down podcast that we did. That it's not an alcohol-free. IPA, it's an IPA. It stands up against IPAs from breweries that are doing it with alcohol in. I think, I think it's just that for me. Was it was really really good. Yeah, Paul. Uh, it's a shame we've come to me last, really, uh, because um, my alcohol-free IPA of the year was um, a 0.3 percent Beaver Town Laser Crush beer. Um, <laughs> That I believe we may have discussed at length earlier in the podcast. If I'm, if I'm being honest, my my dealings with alcohol-free beer this this year has been minimal. Obviously, as I don't tend to drink it that often. Granted, we've covered a few bits for the podcast and stuff like that, and we've had a couple here and there. I'm yet to have one better than Laser Crush, to be honest with you. I know the the ones we had from Mashkang were very very nice, but. I'd still just give the edge to Laser Crush for me. I think they've, they've absolutely nailed that recipe so well that I think, yeah, if, if I was if I was going to someone's house and I was driving, I think over, like, for ease as much as anything else, but for obviously for taste, that is the beer that I would be going for nine times out of ten. Excellent. So, before we get into even more beers of the years we will take a small 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 break so grab yourself a beer alcoholic or otherwise look at that that's an empty glass right there fill those glasses people and we will be right back catch you in a minute recording in progress sounds about right to me back to you matt after a brief kind of stoppage for the winners to dry their tears and finish their speeches and all that kind of thing, we're going to crack on with the rest of our awards. And now into the kind of big, the big, the big category 
the stout of the year. And I'm going to jump straight in with this one. I've gone for the small ton cocoa by Brew York as my yeah, my my stout of the year. Um, I've had a funny year with stouts. I think I've had some that have been a bit too kind of bitter for me, kind of thing. I don't know whether my palate's kind of talked about palate changing and stuff like that. But with the small kind of effect of this, it kind of not quite as sweet as the um, as like the uh, stay puffed. Uh, but I quite enjoyed that kind of like the chocolatey kind of finish to it with the small kind of taking the edge off that kind of stout side of things. I think, you know, and they're always with the Brew Yorks, they've always got a really good mouthfeel. It kind of goes like it drinks really, really well, kind of almost like like just a nice kind of liquid, kind of hot chocolatey kind of feel as you drink it kind of thing. So, yeah, that was the small Tontoco by Brew York was there. Uh, Tontoco was, was mine for this year. My my stout uh, of the year was uh, also a Brew York beer. Um, it was part of the Freaky uh, Freaky Friday series um, or Freaky Franchise series. I can't remember, but it was uh, around uh, the horror theme. So this was, I believe, um, possibly even the last in that series, and it was by the name of the Dream Child. Uh, it had a bit of. Um, Freddy Krueger on the artwork on the can um, but it wasn't as horrific as the label would make out it was 14% uh, but it was Rocky Road Ice Cream Pastry Stout and it was perfect Like I, I literally cannot say anything else about it it was absolutely perfect It was. I, I love stout I love the dark beers um, Quite happily have even though it's, even if it's a big hitter, I'll quite happily go and rock a pint of it if I can. If it's not like fifteen pounds for the privilege, um, I had a can of this, and I had to drink it in like a small glass and just keep topping it up. There was, there was no way you could have absolutely sat a pint of it out. It was heavy going, but it was amazing. It was just exactly as you would think in the respect of it was it was a beer. It did kick your ass all the way through, but it was also like having that done by chocolate, marshmallow, biscuit, and ice cream. So, absolutely nailed it. Awesome. That sounds really good. Pop? Uh, so, when I was working on this one, um, again, I had a quick look back through my untapped, and I couldn't see an awful lot of stouts. Um, so... By default, I kind of had to give this one to the uh, to the stout that I know that I've purchased more than once. It's come up on the podcast before, so it'll come as no surprise to people. But I went with the Full Fathom Five coffee coffee coconut porter. I think it was from uh, from North. Every time they brew it, it's a big hit. Um, I think it, it it always seems to go down well between us. And our, our sort of group of people, um, just a really consistent, smooth, bodied beer. It's a really, really good one. Excellent. Um, and the other thing I was going to give a shout out to with the, is it the eggnog, the white stout in the uh, Tiny Rebel kind of Christmas collection from mm-hmm. last sure. year? Mm-hmm. I think I had that, that was there. Uh, I was unbelievably sweet and a bit kind of messed with your head a little bit that one because it had the kind of mouth feel of a stout 
but looked like something else and but but tasted really, really good. Right. As as a little as a little shout out as an aside, um I know it's not an official award, but not only does um the like that stout that I mentioned fall in fall into that category for the for the best. The most disappointing beer I've had this year was also a stout. Um so a quick mention for the Goose Island Cream Egg Stout, because that had all the promise, all the hype, fucking terrible beer. Should have been so good. Should have been so good. Ryan, alcohol-free stout of the year. So, I have not done myself any favours. I like to make life difficult, mostly for myself. So, for you YouTube watchers out there, you're going to get a, a, a helpful hint to what this beer might, this stout might actually be. Uh, and I'll try and do my best to describe. So. It is, I sent it to you guys, it's this guy. Somebody might have to help me out with what I'm actually supposed to call this. Because I've gone with Svart Hvit. Svart Hvit. Probably just offended some like Scandinavians with that. Yeah, oh my um, I think the I think the rest, which is in a is, a, is in a different language. Uh, I believe it says alcohol free, and I'm going to go with milk stout. Um, but the next picture is what's important. I like to try as, as many different things as I can when I place an order. As I've previously mentioned, there's the there's the heavy hitters, the guys that get two. There's the I like that one. I'll get I'll get one of those, and then pretty much fifty percent of the order is oh that sounds interesting. Oh, I'll give that a try. Oh, this was one of those, and I I'm, I'm not not going to beat around this one. It's gone way up there on the list of will buy again, um, because on the back let's let's see if any of this stands out. Uh, multi. Coffee, vanilla, sweet, black are the words on the back. And uh, I believe at the time I sent uh, you gentlemen a, uh, a couple, the, the pictures in question. This is the other picture, which is just that stuff that I read out there. Um, this was very much a, a chewable stout. It was a, oh my god... This is so thick and so right. It tasted amazing. It was chocolate. It was coffee. It was it was chewable. It was thick. It was it was amazing. It's one of those that I tried and it went straight in with a bullet. I was like, yes to this all day, every day. It was amazing. Uh, but unfortunately. <laughs> When I came to, like, when I went through the, the categories and I saw Stout, I was like, don't even need to question that one. Went straight to it, and then I was looking at it going, I mean, what do I even call this thing? So, as best I can, that is what it is. Uh, that is Stout of the Year for me. Yeah, uh, Paul, have you got a... I do. 
Um, again, this is one that we covered on the podcast, I believe. Um, and I'll be amazed if at least one of you two hasn't also got this. Uh, and the way that Matt's potentially grinning, I think I may have I may have nailed this one. But my alcohol free stout of the year is Arctic Beach. The big drop Einstock Olgero not point five percent coconut milk stout, I believe it was, and it was incredible. That one was it was thick, it was coconutty, it was it had sweetness in the right places, it it, it as as Matt keeps saying, it, it didn't drink like an alcohol free beer. It just drank like an like a stout, basically. If you were to give that to someone and just say, have a taste of that, what do you think, and don't say anything, I think people would be hard-pressed to have come back and said that it was an alcohol-free beer. Maybe very good for me. On the basis that the YouTube viewers will have seen me hold up the photograph of that said beer, that is clearly my choice as well. I did have the Galactic Milk Stout on my list, and then uh, it was scrubbed. Because I was, when I wrote that down, I was like, oh man, there was another one that we had when we did around the time that we did the podcast. And it was part of our box of like the four different uh, collaboration beers, wasn't it, that um, uh, Big Drop were doing. And I'll be honest, when we put that order in, I was probably most excited for every other beer that was in that box. But that one came out absolutely miles above the others. Um, it's just so, so good. Um, if effectively, from what we talked about before, that is the non-alcoholic Tom Coco. Yeah. I, I I haven't drank that one yet. It's in <gasps> in the box. What? I've forgotten about it. It, it is the kind of honest honest to God truth about it. Uh, so I have that. So I, I I'll be sharing that with, with you lads when I drink it at some point, and you can all kind of the I went with the Galactica. From the big drop kind of thing, I just, I think when we did the when we did the podcast, I think it was the beer that I raved about the most, and it was because I drank it on the podcast, and I was like, "Holy shit, this this is a stout, and it tastes just like a stout." You could have closed my eyes and told me that it was a six percent, five six percent stout, and I would have gone, "Yeah, fine, sounds perfectly reasonable to me." Um, it, it's outstanding that 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 one. So obviously, when I get round to the uh, the other one, so uh, I'll I'll be looking forward to that one. That was going to be my point. It was I was basically just going to say. So imagine how nice that one tasted, and just basically put a little bit of bounty in your mouth, and there you go. You're going to enjoy the coconut one even more. Lovely. I'll I'll be looking forward to that one. Right, then, let's get whistling through these. Next one, sour of the year. So this can be triple fruity gozes. It can be it can be sours. It can be um, whatever you want. Come um, on, Paul. Um, this is another one that I went a bit back and forth on because um, <laughs> again, podcast bingo for viewers and listeners of the podcast. Um, they might be quite familiar with the fact that uh, three of the four members of this podcast are quite au fait with the North Triple Fruited Goes series of beers. Um, 
I did originally have the Tayberry Triple Fury goes as my number one in this uh, slot. However, I did bump it for the Gypsy Hill squashed banana and blueberry sour that we had at Craft Beer Calling. It was one of the very few beers that I think I went back to get two or three times from what I can remember of that evening as well. Um, obviously, was only getting it in small quantities, but sharp, sweet, just thick. It was it just ticked all the boxes really. There was, I'll, I'll be honest, there wasn't many beers that Gypsy Hill had on that night where it wasn't good. So that would be mine. Like I say, very closely ran with uh, the Tayberry TFG from North. Um, much like Paul I fully expect the regular listeners and viewers to think oh this is blatantly going to be TFGs all round um, whilst they are solidly up there um, not on this occasion and I will do a little bit of uh, flag flying for our local brewery uh, or my local brewery of Atom uh, they produced PH this year which is a red currant and strawberry Sour, 6.5%, remarkable. Um, I had this on draft, um, actually in the bar, probably not too long after bars reopened uh, with everything going on, and uh, proceeded to buy uh, three more cans of it. So, like, whilst I was in the bar still. And, um, yeah, just incredible. Just incredible. It, it, it absolutely matched TFG, the TFG series, for terms of the flavour, it was a little thinner in its consistency. Um, I don't know if that contributed to the fact it then made it drink a little easier in the respect of it. It, it was pre- pretty juicy um, in, in that respect, anyway. But yeah, I, I will I will fly the flag for for the whole brewery in Atom and then plump for sour of the year for me for PH the red currant and strawberry variety. This is where I. I picked mine based on the fact that I thought you guys would pick the North Triple Fruity Gozes. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, I'm gonna have to pick something different. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick the brown sugar cinnamon um triple fruity goes by North. Um I can't remember what the third thing was. Um Peaches, brown sugar and cinnamon. Was. That's the one. I'm gonna pick that one because that was out of that out of the, the gift the pack all of them were fantastic, but that brown sugar peaches and cinnamon one was just awesome. It kind of did. the cinnamon was really nice as a kind of aftertaste. The peaches and the brown sugar kind of gave it that kind of almondy, marzipan kind of taste, which was really, really good. And I really enjoyed that. Um, do you, and that was. Do you, remember, do you remember having that at a brewer's table when we were up at uh, Wildland? 100% not. <laughs> because it was after we'd bought the pack of the three but before we'd had chance to have them and there was that awkward I remember there was that awkward moment where it was like do we get this beer because if we really like it we'll be really happy and that's all cool but actually because I don't like cinnamon so that was the one that I was nervous about and then we we got it as a third and I was like holy shit we need to get more of this and I'm pretty sure we went to try and order some more of that and it had gone I've gone um, so 
that night as a as a blur, but a bit more about that later. Um, the the one the one that I bumped off the list was Alfonso the Mango, um, the Mango Sour by Full Circle that are a brewery in Newcastle. Um, I, it was just awesome. I just when I was flicking through, I, I think I only drank it recently anyway, and I was just like, all right, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so that was yeah. Just, I po- apologies to Alfonso the Mango and Full Circle for bumping them off the the list. But the the brown sugar peaches and cinnamon triple fruited goes by north was just absolutely knockout and don't blame me it's there to them too full because I thought they would have picked it in for it instead. Uh, <laughs> um, right, alcohol free sour of the year. Now I could see some overlap coming with this one. I could see future overlaps coming as well, kind of thing. Um, but we'll start with Andy. I struggled with this. Uh, the the reason the reason for that will become apparent later, maybe further down the uh, the listing. Um, but something that I have um, found a, a a new enjoyment for is uh, raspberry sours. Um, as a rule, I'm not a fan of raspberry, so we're off to a cracking start there. Um, and I once had a horrific, uh, experience with a strawberry beer. Um, so something like raspberry based, I'm a little like, eh, but when you're ordering stuff and you're like, well, you know, I'll try it, give it a try, give it a try, give it a try. Something that stood out, um, and again... I've not done myself any favours here because I'm pretty sure I'm going to struggle pronouncing at least a couple of these. Uh, the Pujala Berg Alcohol-Free Raspberry Sour. Um, if necessary, I can get a, uh, a picture of it up. Um, I believe I can get a picture of it up. Um, the, the raspberry sours have been, uh, amazing that I've had. Uh, it was when we, like I say, when we got into the sour section, it was a bit of a difficult one, uh, which we'll, we will come to. Um, of course it's not on that page. Um, there was another one that was very close, um, but I had to knock it off the list uh, for a particular reason. Um, so yes, uh, typically I have lied and cannot find a picture because apparently uh, my uh, my go-to place for ordering beers, I'm guessing they've run out. Um, I will uh, uh, no, because it's there. It's there. I get you a very small picture. It's the one in the middle. It's that guy. Nice, yes. Um, so yeah, uh, something that uh, that I've discovered uh, this year is I do enjoy a raspberry sour. Uh, I think I had another one at one point that was like raspberry and something else. And that was very good. Uh, but this one uh, wins for me. Good. Right, I'm going to 
going to go crack it straight in with mine. Mine is the Rush Rider Pastry Sour by Big Drop and Abramson. You son of a gun. Remember I said I had to uh, move something round? Come back to that one later. <laughs> well, I, I, had, I had a question at this point. Because if we're going strictly alcohol-free, I have Rush Rider on my list as well. If we're classing alcohol-free and Nolo together, you can't look. You can't look past Soft Scoop, the Gypsy Hill Mash Gang. It was one point two percent, so it is it is further up the chain on the uh, the scale. However. I'm, I'm not going to challenge you to find me a better alcohol-free or low-alcohol sour. I'm going to challenge you to find me a better beer than that because that beer was goddamn awesome. Um, had it on draft when we were at um, Craft Beer Calling. Uh, lucky, luckily enough, Mr. Moore had uh, managed to score a can of it as well. Um, just give that like if if i you know like the, the big american fridges have got like the little water dispenser on the front with the ice thing if you can somehow arrange for that to be installed in my house without without the water supply just have soft goop coming out of it instead incredible so good yeah you'll you'll yeah. be shocked to hear that that is my pick as sour alcohol free sour the air like you said there yeah it is 1.2 but i think it still qualifies so that was my sour of the year. It's, it's the one. It's the one beer that I'm pretty sure of the six of us that were sat around the table. I think did everyone try it? Yeah, yeah. and everyone potentially went back for it more than once. Four of us definitely did. Yeah. yeah. I think so I had it. That, that, that tells you all you need to know. And it was this was at a beer festival, not an alcohol-free beer festival. So it was. It, I think I think I classed it as a like a palate cleanser slash kind of break break beer yep. kind of thing. All right, yeah, so I'll just have another one of them while I'm there. And the guy that Jimmy yeah. Hill were like seriously another one of them. Yeah, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just as a spoiler alert, kind of similar to it, like how Andy reacted when I said the the Rush Rider one. I'll be discussing that later. <laughs> right, and the, the the best the kind of best category the kind of the weirdest beer of the year. I think we could probably just all kind of weirdest beer of the year. Uh, just like just a beer that a beer that's just made you go, what, what? Hang on a minute, like what the hell kind of thing, or just made you think I've got to have it, or made you think kind of thing. I'll go, I'll jump in with this one. I've gone for the big blue birthday dipper from Alpha Delta. It's blue. And that's all you need to set. All you need to know, it's blue. They pour it and it's blue. And it's a dipper and it tastes absolutely awesome. And unless it's a triple fruited goes or some kind of sour, it shouldn't be blue and it shouldn't taste awesome. But it's absolutely awesome double IPA. It absolutely hits all the notes in terms of drinking it, in terms of the flavour, in terms of that nice little kind of burn from the hops at the end of it. And it's just a fun blue beer. That's why I had it the moment we walked into Craft Beer Calling. It's why I went and bought you guys a can. And I bought two for myself. Because I was like, I'm not not going to have this beer several times. And that doesn't happen very often. By 
the time I got to it, a craft beer calling, it had gone. Yeah. So I'm still yet to experience that. However, it is chilling in my fridge currently. Um, my, I took weirdest as not necessarily the one that I enjoyed the most. Um, I don't know, that's just weird. So my, my weirdest beer was one that I expected to think was okay. Um, however, myself, as we mentioned earlier, myself and Mr Moore took a little trip to the brewer's table at Wyland Brewery uh, a little while ago. Whilst like lockdown was kind of still a thing, I guess. Um, it was all socially distanced, um, and a brewery by the name of Fine Ales had made their way down from Scotland. Um, so there was a rhubarb beer, Origins Brew, Nadar Rhubarb by Fine Ales, 6.3% rhubarb sour. Sounds delightful, right? Yeah, except for they brew it, and then just leave it in the yard, in the open air, for the natural yeast in the air to do its thing with the beer, and the second that that guy started talking, I could feel like my like I felt like my beard was like three foot long, and I'd started to. It was just such a hippie, man. Honestly, like <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing. Oh, how do you make this beer? I was leave it outside for a couple of nights, mate. It just sorts itself out. What the? F- just, just no. Just I. I mean, I very much enjoy my beer. Could do without the bugs in it first. <laughs> that just, just no. So that that was my weird one. I couldn't I couldn't deal with that very well. Paul. Uh, so mine, um, I I went with one that confused me more than anything else. So as um, we've we've mentioned before, my brother, not a huge fan of craft beer. Um, I believe the phrase he's used is "all taste the same" or all taste like dishwater, etc., etc. He used to query himself a Stella, of course, uh, or a cider, not only a cider. Uh, he always used to question why uh, Stu was drinking pint after pint of what appeared to be orange squash um, occasionally when he would put things on Facebook and James would see him. Um, I found a beer through. Trembling Madness, which is a beer shop in York, local to me, but they do deliver nationwide. Um, I'll just I'll just show you the picture, basically. So it was this. So that is a tropical smoothie ale. It has pineapple, mango, and peach. As you throw the options, and until I got to probably the bottom of the Insta label, I pretty much could have been told that I was just having a you know glass of Tropicana or something like that. Basically, didn't taste alcoholic at all. Was could have sworn at some point I, I, I basically drank some sort of pulp or something like that because it tasted just <laughs> like it would have had it would have had pulp in it and things like that and it just it was so good that I kind of wished I'd got more but it, it was one of those it was probably one of those dangerous sort of borderline ones where you're like is it beer or is it like an alcohol pop type sort of yeah. 
yeah, what is it sort of thing? Because smoothly ill, it in, but nice, it certainly was. I mean, this this is the guy slating Alco Pops having uh, confessed his love for Rattlers. So you know, work that one out. Shh. <laughs> weird alcohol-free beers. Remember how I was saying I don't like to make my uh, my time here easy. Uh, yet again, I've hit another, I can't probably pronounce this, but I'm pretty sure before I get any further, yes, I have the picture set up and ready to go. I had it set up. Um, the weirdest bit of the year I had on Saturday night. Uh, it went a little something like this, as I've said about 12 times already through this. Um, I order random stuff. And it turns up, and I drink it, and I go, yeah, okay, or no thank you, or whatever. This was one of those where I went in the fridge and was like, the hell is this? Looked at it, turned it over and went, what the hell have I ordered? Uh, Paul might be able to help people out on this one when I get to uh, what the flavours were. Uh, weirdest beer of the year is the Omnipolo... Bala Basopa Non-Alcoholic Pale Ale. And it looks a little bit like this. Now what's interesting, and what I said Paul might be able to help with here, is uh, the fact that it's blued with, the blued with, it's brewed with, Blueberries and vanilla. And if anybody knows me, uh, two flavours that I uh, actively avoid are, um, oh, that's right, blueberries and vanilla. So when I'm looking at it going, why have I ordered this? Um, I cracked it open and I started to pour it. It's purple. And I'm not talking a little bit purple. I'm talking like... Remember that scene in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Where the uh, where the girl turns into a, a, a blueberry. <laughs> yeah, that kind of purple. And as I... I am going to hate every minute of drinking this. Took a sip or a, a, a gulp of it, as it turned out. Because... That um, that stout I mentioned, this was thicker than that stout. It poured like... Oh, oh, and it was delicious. However, myself and uh, Stuart Mancy have had a conversation previously where the one thing you don't want from your beers is to be picking bits out of your teeth. And... On the foam on the top, I was like, is that like a little little tiny bit of blueberry or something? Last thing I did, I was like, right, I'll let the, uh, I'll let the dog out and I'll go to bed. Just let me finish this beer. And as I was walking into the kitchen, I went, I was like, as, as I had what could only really be described as grit in my mouth. There was so many bits in that last, last mouthful. It did take a little shine off that beer. But up to that point, that beer was amazing. I was like, 
I think it was probably my expectation to uh, to absolutely despise it, and then every element of pouring it, drinking it, and going, no, that's actually really nice. So there you go. Weirdest non-alcoholic beer of the year is that one. I've gone. Un I've gone with the uncommon California, the uh, the malt beer, the malt kind of from uh, from Mashgang. It's, uh, I, I, it's still messing with my head now. I don't know whether I like it or not, or whether <laughs> it's just still there. It's, it, I, I have that on the list as well, and the, my, my, my points that I've written on here, it's not a lager, it's not an IPA, I should absolutely hate it, but I didn't. And that kind of summed it up for me, so yeah, yeah. I, have the, I have the same answer. Yeah, yeah. Paul? Uh, so, just sort of repeating stuff that's already been said, this is where I put the Rush Rider, the Big Drop Amundsen Pastry Sour, was it, I think? Mm-hmm. How the hell it was sort of non-alcoholic, I don't understand. It was just weird. Yeah. It's awesome. Right then. Uh... I believe... That there is potentially a not not one break in this one, but two breaker, a two breaker. Can you believe it? So we've got time to go and put our suits on now, right? Not the for the for the final category. Hmm. What have we got? We've, we've what have we got left? We've got ev event beers brewery. of the year and brewery. Beer of the year, brewery of the year, event of the year. So it's the big hitters. So, you know, if you're ever going to dig out the tux, now is, now is the time. If only I had a tux that fit. Oh, sorry, sorry, tux. I meant Twix. I've had a few beers. I need something to start soaking me up now. Well, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back for the big categories. The bad boys. Here we go. Back in two. Recording in progress. Part three in some ways. Matt. Right, here we go. The big, the big, big categories, the ones that everybody's waiting for, the ones that everyone's sat on the edge of their seat to see if they're going to win. So we're going to crack on with event of the year. All right. So it could be any kind of event, beer-related event, that uh, you know you think is worth a mention. Uh, Stu, do you want to kick us off? I think I know. Um, I mean, this will this will be absolutely predictable for you guys. It will be predictable for regular listeners. Um, in terms of, we've been pretty restricted on events of uh, of the last two years. However, this year we had the the weirdness of the Brewers Table event, where it was kind of a bit half and half. We had the, the, the probably in in some ways the even weirder. Um, craft beer calling because that was essentially back to normal um, and then Hop City was kind of in the middle of that where everybody had to test but yet it then was kind of normal when you got in um, that was the three that, that I've been to personally of the three I have to pick Hop City purely because we had the different experience this time of uh, being volunteers and it was just a laugh from start to finish absolutely loved every part of it the 
the guys who were, were running the show with that chilled out. There was no stress to it at all. Um, they, they put out a bit of a mandate at the beginning to make sure everyone had done the, the testing to keep everyone safe and secure. Don't turn up without having done one. Um, and it was possibly the most lit. Like, I mean, realistically, how can we call that a job for the afternoon? Because it just, was just fun. Like, we got to talk to we we met the guys from Mash Gang. Um, we got to talk to some other awesome people. We got to we got to pull beers for different breweries, and then after all of that, got to experience it from the like the the, the consumer side as well. Um, having not had to pay for the ticket because we'd worked the first session, and it was just. I mean, I don't want to do like anything else that's happened this year too much of a disservice but that was probably not just my favourite event of the year that was, that was just my favourite day in the entire year I bloody loved that day and if that happened if we could be volunteers and, and have that over again I would I would quite happily do that every single time um, and despite what Paul said at the end of that day even in the winter version of it when they do Dark City even if it was outside I would still do it because it was fun When you piss wet through, come back and talk. <laughs> hey, well, you can take the, you can take the man out of Royal Mail, but uh, you can't take Royal Mail out of the man. I've, I've, I'm well versed in being piss wet through for an entire day, so if it means having a beer in your hand instead of somebody's parcel that they've bought off eBay at 2.30 in the morning and then regret every second of it, I will quite happily take the uh, piss wet through with a beer in my hand. Thank you very much. Paul? Uh, so I do consider... Um, Hop City, but I decided to give this one to Craft Beer Calling. 2020 crossed out one, which was the official branding on all of the uh, glasses and everything, which I thought was a quite, I thought was quite a nice touch. Um, yeah, I think that one just got the edge slightly for me. Just because I think, even though you had to pay for the drinks, I still think I tried more that night than I did at Hop City. And I don't know if that was just because for the first hour of it, we were all just a bit knackered from having sort of lumped water around and pulled beer for loads of punters and stuff like that, or just, just generally just standing around for the better part of six hours or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that Craft Beer Calling was, like Stu said, it was, that, it was that sort of thing where it was kind of getting back to normal. It was more, it was probably, the, of the two, it was the festival that felt more like the, it could have just taken place any time in the last, like, five years or whatever. Um, what something I would have I would have potentially put on there if it had taken place would have been the the York Ale and Cider Festival uh, Ale Trail. So this is something that they do in the weeks leading up to the Ale and Cider Festival that they put on at the Naves My Where. It's usually twenty bars in York and the surrounding area um, that they put in a pamphlet. You go to all these different bars, and if you get a half pint of real ale or cider, they'll give you a stamp. You then collect all twenty stamps if you can be asked. Send your send your pamphlet off, and it gives you two free entry sessions into the ale and cider festival. 
Um, obviously, there's been no Ireland Cider Festival for the past two years, um, so that hasn't happened. So I dare say when that when that comes around next year, that will be something that we pick up again, especially here in York. Thanks for that. Drinking drinking ten pints to get free tickets sounds more like a challenge to me. <laughs> Obviously, you don't do it in one day. Uh, well, I ain't doing it then. No, well, I don't live in York, so it's got to be done. You can try and do it in one day, but ten of the ten of the bars are in York, and then ten of the bars are like in Sheriff Hutton, almost Leeds. How far, how far do them scooters reach? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, I, d- I didn't have one. I'm afraid. Uh, as far as events go, it was it was a bit of a uh, the best I could come up with was our trip to uh, Springwell. Uh, I was going to be the one. That was going to be the one that it's not it's not my one, but I was going to be the one that if you didn't have one, the trip to Springwell was really kind of cool because it was mm. I think it was like one of the first things out coming out of lockdown that we kind of did together. Yeah, and it was very much nice. uh, very much in the same vein as Stu. It was not just not just. Uh, one of the best sort of event type days. It was one of the best days of the last sort of year. It was, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we sat outside. It was nice weather. The food was amazing. Obviously, you know, I can only I can only comment on the uh, the the non-alcoholic beer. But it's always nice to go somewhere where there's non-alcoholic beer ab- available to buy. And service was absolutely top notch. It was just. It was just a, a great experience all around. Uh, so that that would be my uh, event of the year, even though not uh, not an official event. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, but did uh, did Hull not gain promotion that day, or possibly even win the league that day? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was a pretty yeah pretty good day out. I can I can also confirm having been lucky enough to uh, visit visit there on Saturday very briefly for their uh, Christmas market um, definitely not just arranged to go and pick up beer um, that uh, they, they not only took on the uh, non-alcoholic selection and offerings when they reopened but they are still holding strong They one of their indoor fridges was taken up entirely um, like sort of they had it in different sections of like their stuff and like the doubles and the, and, uh, the birthday triples and then the fruit and all the rest of it. But and in, and one of the end fridges was um, at least half full of different variations of the um, non-alcoholic ones that they get in from the like East Coast and all the rest of it. So it's not just a passing phase. It feels very much like North are well aware that they don't really have much of their own non-alcoholic range yet. But obviously they've just brewed that stuff with Brulo as well. Um, so what I guess from North uh, non-alcoholic side, watch this space. But um, yeah, we need to do that again. And I know we've said it like off air, but yeah, we definitely need to go back there as a group because it was good fun. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it full circle and tick all the boxes because I put Brewer's Table down as my kind of favourite thing. I mean, you know, I mean, no kind of hiding the fact that Wildlands one of our favourite breweries to go to I think it's the best looking brewery in the country I think as an event space it's kind of it's awesome I think it was that first kind of event coming out of, out of lockdown and I think it was just really well organised it was really well done 
you know, they obviously, did we have to do lab truffle load tests? I think we did, didn't we? We, we, we did. We, we did, but then also everything was also very much table service and you could do it yeah. with the, everything was through the app, which this was partly, as, as well organised as that is, this was partly the reason why I couldn't pick that because we all know what happens when Stu sat down for the entire evening and had an absolute skin full. Um, th- there were some very wobbly legs leaving that building. But I thought, you know, like the interaction and stuff like that was kind of more personal kind of sides to it um, that you perhaps don't get from a from a uh, a festival because sometimes I think the breweries can get a bit clicky because obviously they know each other and their pals and stuff like that whereas the kind of in this they kind of came out particularly if you stayed a little bit longer to come and chat so yeah I just I just, did, I just really enjoyed it I thought you know fair play to them to kind of organise it kind of from there but Special shout to the guy from Black Lodge who came and sat on our table and we told him that we thought his beer was shit and he still stayed at the table to talk to us for ages. So <laughs> that's uh, it was he was looking for constructive criticism, I believe is the uh, the phrase. But he was he got it, was, it. he got it. <laughs> Bless him. I mean, we had other we had other ones of their beers and their other beers were fantastic. The uh, slow sour was uh, slow. Uh, right then, let's get into, right, alcohol-free beer of the year. We'll save Andy till last because this is this is the man's category. Um, Paul, go on in your alcohol-free beer of the year. I hate to be that guy, but it's another repeat. But it is the soft scoop by Gypsy Hill. It was, it was just unbelievable. I can't. I think over the course of, obviously, Andy's yet to try this, as I've not been able to deliver the can to him, mainly because, well, well let's call a spade a spade. Laziness, I suppose, is the easiest way to think. But, obviously, he'll get it within the next week, uh, so it should be one that he could uh, enjoy over the festive period. Um I'll be amazed if he doesn't have a similar opinion to it that we did. Um, it was even a beer that, while she was at Craft Beer Calling, it was probably Amy's favourite beer of the evening, as I believe she went back about three or four times to get it. Um, so it's it's definitely a popular beer, alcohol-free or otherwise, amongst everyone in our group. So it just ticked all the boxes for me. Sharp tasty full bodied it was just it was just an absolute belter I am looking forward to seeing what Andy makes of it after, especially after we've all hyped it up um, <laughs> proper like it's just if it, like, literally if you've ever had a screwball and you know that kind of flavour the thing that makes me worry slightly is you've now said about the vanilla thing earlier on I've, I've been coming. I've been coming around to the idea of vanilla recently. I have a a very large uh, bottle of vanilla syrup in my kitchen because, whilst I was teaching myself to make a variety of uh, definitely not a particular brand of coffee, um, all the recipes for the for the ones that I like the most were like vanilla. I'm like, you can piss off. And every time I tried to make it, I was like, there's just something missing. And I had a little. Uh, I say I, I'm pretty sure it was actually Paul's, uh, a little splash of vanilla syrup in the house at the time, I was like, fine poured it, I was like, yep that's what's missing, 
Uh, so I, I, I'm coming round to the ways of the vanilla. I'm, I can't. Soft scoot's fine. It's uh, I, I just it's an absolutely awesome beer. Just it stands up it against any others. Right, Andy, your alcohol-free beer of the year. Uh, very much in the vein of I don't want to be a, a repeat performance. Uh, and as I said earlier, I did have to move some stuff around. It's uh, it's the Rush Rider Pastry Sour. Um, for, I, I'm pretty sure I tasted that live on a Pursuit of Hoppiness uh, podcast and was like, "What what what is this?" It, it it gave every everything that it was supposed to because all I could taste was like, I can taste pastry. It was for me. It was like my first sort of. A foray into the uh, the world of things that are supposed to taste like things are supposed to taste sort of, sort of thing. It was like I I don't know how to process this. Um, and, uh, we all we all remember the moment in time where I went up to the bathroom and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to order the box of twelve uh, pastry sours and felt really felt really good about it. Came down. And I said to said to Leanne, I was like, I've done it, I've ordered the box of 12 pastry sours, she's like yeah, to go with the one that I've just ordered <laughs> so uh, 24 pastry sours arrived at my house and I couldn't have been happier, I I, I have officially finished the last one uh, we had to have a moment's silence for it and it is hands down my, my favourite beer I've ever had um it's uh, yeah, it gives me warm fuzzy feelings when I'm drinking it. So yeah, that is non-alcoholic beer of the year for this guy. There you go, Rush Rider. I think the crew for now coming on to your crown. Uh, right then, the beer of the year. Going to lead us off, Stu. Well, I will finish where you started for me naming me the Dark Lord right from the off. It was my stout of the year. It is also my beer of the year. The Dream Child by Brew York, part of the, the Freaky Franchise series. The Rocky Road Ice Cream Pastry Stout at 14%. Um, I know that we regularly do the bit about rebrews on here. Brew York, please do that. Just do that all the time. Every week. Thank you very much. Thank you, please. Thank you. That's my bit. Excellent. Paul? So mine is one that took place at Hop City. Uh, it was one that I believe over the course of the evening, you boys were told to be on the money or on the ball when it started pouring. It was a beer by a brewery called Tripping Animals. And it was, as he says, frantically scrawling through to try and find more of the uh, breakdown of it. It was the King Louis Pie 6% beer. Fruited sour. Yeah. 
thyme-inspired sour ale conditioned with blueberry, sweet cherry, cherry, gra graham cracker, almond and nut sugar. I mean, obviously, at, at, at Hop City, it was being, the beer was being served in these 100ml biodegradable pots. I think the, the second we each got one, uh, I know I certainly went back and got one again for each of us and the and the organiser who we were still talking to at the time um, and then I think we went back again so I seem to remember having at least three of them and happily would have just stood and drank that for the rest of the evening because it was that good Excellent yeah I, I agree with that one I was hoping that one of you two would say that one because I also kind of picked one from Hop City. You can probably realise, probably think which one I've got. I've gone with the Broccoli Special Reserve from Other Half Brewing uh, in America, which was an Imperial Double IPA. Yeah, you can pull out your face, but yeah, sucks to be you on your own set. I was nowhere near. <laughs> I didn't get to try this fucking beer. I'll tell you what, right? not, not many people did on the basis that... Yeah. As it turned out, the guy that was um, pulling the beer for other half was, to all intents and purposes, a Northern Monk member of staff. And as he connected the keg and firstly got the beer through, I think he pulled uh, one for each of the people that was like on the row because he knew it would just go. So we all had some. And then by the time that we had a chance to maybe go back for seconds or thirds, uh, it was all gone. It went so quickly. It was like... It was a case of, like, he was like, watch this. And that was it. It was just boring. It was gone. It was absolutely awesome. It was just, again, it's that really, a really good balance, well-balanced there, like, double IPA. It was just, just, yeah. It's one of those things where, obviously, we had uh, your mate Andy who described the, uh, the, that brew York um, stout so eloquently, and I'm just here going because there's just nothing that I can say about the beer. It just it, it drank so well, it tasted so good. It was just it had a real kind of just depth to the flavour of it. Kind of when you drank it, you were just like, yeah, this 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 is a special special beer, and I'm so glad to be stood right next to the person who's pouring it right now, so I can like shifty some along to people so yeah right then so let's go back let's go to the final category of the year um brewery of the year so it's the big one sat on the edge of their seats all right people are probably thinking they know who everyone else is going to predict and going to going to give us their kind of uh, thing Right then, Andy, we'll start with you with this one. Who is your brewery of the year? Good choice. Um, I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be from from like everything I've said, from things like the the those packs that I had that had like you know eight different beers in. Um, they are they are the the specialist non-alcoholic brewery and of course they brew what i've said is uh, is my favorite beer um i think as an all-rounder they they just they just hit it out of the park they're they're really 
like everything I've ever read about them is like they're trying to pave the way for for non-alcoholic stuff. Um, and I think there's been many a times when we've we've drunk something of theirs, as as you guys as as alcoholic beer drinkers often point out that they make some beers that's like you can barely tell. Um, so I, I love what they're doing. I love the stuff that comes out of them, uh, the the collabs that they do and things like that. They are absolutely brewery of the year for me. That's brilliant. Paul? So, mine was a toss-up between two. Um, it was between North, which no one will be surprised to hear, and my eventual winner, which, again, no one will be so shocked to hear, is the Homer pick. But it is the Brew York Boys. Over the course of the year, they've obviously they've, they've supplied me with the majority of the beer that I've been supping. Um, I was I was on the subscription for about three months. Um, never got around to drinking the beers in a month, so I've just been stacking them for however long. So I've still got some in the stash. So Christmas will be... If, if I drink them all, it will be hefty. Let's put it that way. As there's quite a lot of stouts left in there. So, but yeah, Brew York for me—they're uh, consistently churning out good products. Um, obviously, whenever you boys come down, it's it's always on the list of places to go and stuff like that. It's a, it's a regular haunt, um, and yeah, just a consistent big hitter. Thanks, Stu. Unfortunately, for the uh, terms of the podcast, I have also picked Brew York. Um, now, that might be a surprise. People maybe thought I would pick North out and out. If I don't, well, I don't know. If it had been like the year before, it, it absolutely would have been North. However, um, as Paul mentioned, the subscription box, as we've mentioned it on the podcast before, um, I have had quite a few subscription boxes from different. Uh, places, whether it be an actual brewery, whether it be um, like you know a mixed a mixed bag of different breweries, Brew York is the only one I've stuck with. Um, my next box will mark the year anniversary, and if I'm entirely honest about it, it's not because every single beer in that box is is out of the park, like you know knocked out of the park. For example, last month I had a beer that was in my box uh, that was actually off. It was bad. Might think that's a bit of a strange reason to, to then still include them in this bracket. But they dealt with it within 30 minutes of me emailing them um, to say what happened. Uh, the, the customers, so not not just from the purely from the, the flavour, uh, what they you know they try and do with the beers, from an actual service you know point of view as well. Can't fault them. Um, I mean. It's a lovely little bonus that the uh, crank out stuff like like the Dream Child, like the Smalls Tom Coco, like normal Tom Coco, like um, Katy Berry, Simon Lamont, Lamont Lamont. You know, to up that, I, I could literally sit here for the rest of the time that we've got on this recording and keep reeling off beer names, um, and, and you know, there'd be not a bad beer amongst it. Um, and the ones that are off, they replace very quickly. Um, but genuinely, yet yeah, people probably thought it would be north. 
but uh, I guess unfortunately for the uh, the Leeds based outfit, they've now got two votes for the uh, for, for Brew York on our on our pod. And well, mine is uh, I've gone with Vault City. I think Vault City this year have just produced so many beers that I've enjoyed, so many beers that I've liked, so many beers that I want, so many beers that have surprised me. And you know, like I, I know Pete, you're like you, again. You know, I think Pete, you, you thought Wylam. And while I'm have produced some good beers this year, but I don't. Part of me like have they pushed, like have they produced something? They produced, you know, like obviously I said the tales of majestic was it awesome, and some of the some of the new kind of lush and smosh are great. But there's been nothing that's been like, all oh, right, wow, okay then. Whereas the Vault City stuff has just been like. Right, here's here's an awesome sour. Here's a new idea. Here's something that we've done with someone. Um, I've got the Alpha Delta Sour IPA in the in the like in in the garage, and I'm just like, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. So my yeah, my brewery of the year is 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 Vault C. Um, just as an interesting brewery, um, moving forward, just to kind of you know, I like what they've done this year. I'm looking forward to drinking more of the beers moving forward. See, from from the Vault City side of things, I only really know them as like a, a sour beer producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if that genuinely is their mo, but the ones I've had have been absolutely awesome. The fact that they've managed to get a couple in to Tesco's as well. Um, shout out to the raspberry sour that was in Tesco's because that was incredible. Um, but from uh, craft beer calling, the blueberry and uh, pumpkin spice um, the sour that I had there was awesome really really yeah. good beer um but i'd be interested to know a bit more about them and yeah. since you mentioned them on here now as your brewery of the year and we haven't featured them then maybe we need to put them higher up the list for for future podcasts definitely definitely uh the pineapple and habanero sour was just mental it was absolutely mental uh, it was awesome um, and it, it was honestly. I sat there and I thought most of most of the categories I fit filled out quickly. And I was like, "Well, who's my brewery of the year? Like, who whose beers have I drank most of that I've enjoyed the most? You know, Brew York were definitely up there. North were up there. Wylam, you know, when I thought about the IPAs, I was like, "Yeah, well, Wylam just solid IPAs all the way through." But then I was like, "No, nah, it's it's definitely Vault C." Um, but yeah, Vault C. They're definitely, we should drink more as a as hopefully like feature them as a brewery. Um, but yeah, that concludes our end of year review. It's been like an epic two hour, I think. <laughs> so I hope everyone enjoys. I hope you kind of had the stomach to stick with it. Uh, but thank you, gents, for all your contributions to it. Mm. And uh, yeah, call it an even there. Call it a year, in fact. Yeah, call it a year. Uh, yes, a year. There we go. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And uh, look out for more Pursuit of Hoppiness episodes coming in the new year. Bye, boys. Bye. So there you go. What do you think to that? 
It was a big episode, but well worth it to find out the best beers of the year. The best venues as well. Best places to go to drink beer. What what could be better than that? Big thank you to everybody involved, and a big thank you to you for listening along. And an even bigger thank you to you if you are one of our lovely subscribers. You can also jump over to our website, thecookiecast.com, where you can get in touch with us, let us know what your favourite beer of the year was. So there we go, that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.